Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony, a news magazine show featuring human interest, in the spotlight, movers and shakers, and the news and happening that affects all of us in and out of the ACB community. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony. I'm your host, Anthony Corona, and this week's show is all about convention. Path to the future. I'll be joined a little later on by our president, Dan Spoon, and what some are calling the matriarch of convention. We all know her. We all love her. Janet Dickelman. So stay tuned for two awesome interviews and a roundtable discussion, all focusing on What convention will be like this year, how we got to where we are, what you can look forward to, as well as some of the affiliates, highlights, and programming. Before we get into all that, though, I wanted to say thank you to everyone who reached out after last week's show with comments, congratulations, suggestions, show ideas. Believe you me, you made more than one of my days, and I have so many ideas from you guys that I'm not sure where to start. (laughs) But... I can say that starting May 17th, Sunday edition, will be a live show. You'll be able to call in, participate, interact with the guests, tell me some of your stories. And I would love to invite those of you out there who'd like to try your hand at co-hosting to contact me and let me know. And we'll get a show together and have some fun. Let's go right into my exciting, informative, and fun interview with Janet Dickelman. Well, I'm joined by Janet Dickelman, who all of you know, most of you regard as the matriarch of convention. And I'm very happy to be having this conversation. Welcome, Janet. Thank you so much for having me, Anthony. This is great. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got to ACB and how you became what a lot of people are saying, the matriarch of (laughs) The convention convention mama? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, the convention mama. Well, I'd been a member of ACB of Minnesota for a number of years, and I actually happened to be president of ACB of Minnesota in 2007 when the convention was coming here. I'd never gone to a national convention before because I was always busy at work, and it was always over the 4th of July, and I thought, oh, I'm not going to take time off to go to a convention. I mean, really, why am I going to do that? But since it was in my own backyard and I was the convention of our affiliate, I ended up on the local host committee and I got interested in the convention planning and I thought, okay, it's in my own backyard. So I guess I really have to go to this convention. And I went and I got bitten by the convention bug. I started helping out at the information desk. I started doing a lot of things for the convention. It was a crazy week because um, there were several days that during the convention that I would start out at the convention. I'd have to run back to my office to open up the office for the staff. I'd be there for a couple hours. I'd go back to the Hyatt where the convention was held. I had to go back to the office for a few hours and then back that evening for the convention. So it was kind of crazy. So then I decided from then on, if I was attending a convention, I was just taking the week off. 
<laughs> that was 2007. In 2008, I helped out a little bit at the convention information desk. And then when the person who'd been coordinating the desk decided they couldn't continue doing it any longer, I was asked if I would coordinate the information desk in 2009. And I did that for a couple of years. And then one day I got a phone call from the prior convention coordinator, Carla, and she said, um, have you been contacted yet? And I said, no, why? She said, has the president reached out to you? And I said, no, not yet. Why? And she said, well, they're going to call you and ask you if you'd be willing to be the convention coordinator. And I thought, oh, my goodness, what? And she said, you know, you'd be the vice coordinator for 2011, and then we'd like you to coordinate starting in 2012. And I remember getting off the phone, and I said to my husband, wow, I just got asked to be the convention coordinator. And he said, well, how much work is it? And I said, well, I don't know, but what an honor. I can't believe that they think I can do the, you know, coordinate this whole convention. And we went back and forth for a few minutes saying, how much work is it? What an honor. How much work is it? What an honor. And then I realized, <laughs> then I found out how much work it was. And I said, oh, wait, no, this is not an honor at all. <laughs> but well, I love doing it. My real career before this was I worked for uh, the federal government for Social Security Administration. I was lucky enough to get a job right after I graduated from college. In fact, I never do things halfway when I was, um, I finished my finals my senior year of college. I had to fly down for a screening for Social Security because at that time they were hiring, there was a um, press on to hire people who were blind, visually impaired to work uh, Social Security's telephone centers. So I flew down to Daytona, Florida, where they had the screening and flew back for my college graduation. And then a month later found out that I'd gotten the job. So I worked with Social Security actually for uh, 35 years, the last 18 of which I was a supervisor. So I have, you know, the managerial background and the organizational skills from my real job. But I'll tell you this convention coordination, I work way many hours at this than I did working full-time plus supervising overtime when I was working for Social Security. Well, it definitely shows. I mean, at a convention, but I love you, it. you are in one place and poof, it's almost like magic. You're in the next place five minutes later. And I would imagine that you know, your time at convention is so filled that you don't even know, you know, at the end of the day, no, how many different stops you've made, how many different places and meetings no. you popped up in. I figure I can, I can hear out of both ears. So often I have two phones going at a time, Wow, which gets a little confusing for the people I'm talking to, but I can handle it. <laughs> so let's back up a little. Social Security Administration, yep. college graduation. College graduation, graduated from, started out in college, was, thought I wanted to be a teacher. So I was going to go into elementary education and I said, oh, I don't think so. Then I thought about high school English because I liked English literature. Ended up just getting a degree in English literature because, all right, I, I decided I didn't know if I could do this. So I ended up just not doing student teaching, which, you know, maybe I should have tried. My life would have been different, but my life turned out well, so I can't complain. I grew up in the Chicago suburbs, and with Social Security, I started out in Milwaukee and then uh, ended up moving to Phoenix. My 
ex-husband decided he hated winter, so we moved to Phoenix, and I worked there for 11 years. Um, that's where my son was born. Uh, ended up getting divorced in Phoenix, remarried and moved back to the Midwest, so finished out my career in uh, Minneapolis um, as a supervisor with Social Security. So you mentioned your husband before, and yep. he asked, how much work is it going to be? <laughs> yeah. How is he every year when convention is coming up? <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the first couple years, he kind of got a little grouchy. He didn't care about me working so much during the day, but in the evenings when we were sitting around watching TV and the phone kept ringing, and he would say, do you have to answer that now? And finally, finally he got it, though. I said, you know what? If you want to be supportive of me doing this, I need to answer the phone when it rings because otherwise I'm going to call the person back. I'm going to get their voicemail. It's just going to take time and it's just going to stress me out. So he finally got that. So now he's fine about it. He's already asked me this year. Now, how's this going to work for me for the convention? Because you're going to be doing it from home. And I said, well, just pretend I'm not here because <laughs> you're not going to see me. I will maybe, you know, sleep in our bed for three hours a night. We'll see. But basically, just pretend I'm not home. Although you might want to come up and bring me a glass of water every once in a while. That would be really nice. <laughs> Hopefully, he brings you snacks and a yeah, nice glass food, of milk or <laughs> yeah, some orange juice. We're yeah. gonna, you know, we need you to keep, we need you to keep energized and keep the blood sugar level going. So. That's right. <laughs> what is your favorite part of convention? You know, my favorite part of convention is I have an absolutely wonderful convention committee. And I could not do this convention without Sally, who does volunteers, and Rhonda, who does tours, and Michael with exhibits, and Marjorie, and Rick, and DJ, and uh, Scoop Masters. I mean, they're family being with all of them and seeing how they all do their jobs and make my job so seamless because they have their duties and they know what they're doing and they handle things and they don't need me. And that's, you know, that's, that's wonderful. Just getting to see people. And at the end of convention, when I get up there and do my convention report and it's almost all over and I know that it's been a success because of the people who've attended and you know, I'm so glad to make this event, put this event together for our attendees. And this year, it's going to be a whole different thing. We're not going to be able to see each other in person, but we're going to be together virtually. Are you all? I, I think everybody's getting tired of the word virtually, but it is what it is. And we're going to be able to have so many, I think we'll have a lot more participation from people who aren't normally able to attend our convention. And that's very heartening. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's a light in the dark yes. that we're all going through right now. It's going to be a week of extraordinary presentations, a lot of coming together. Yes. And I really, you know, I think I'm going to speak for ACB membership at large. You know, when I say, you know, a round of applause, you know, a bunch of pats on the back, a couple of, you know, virtual hugs. Yes, we are all getting yep. tired. It's almost as bad as quid pro quo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or COVID. But um, putting this together and pulling all of the, it's I'll use our president's buzzwords, our core values and the core uh, presentations from a, a physical convention 
and translating that into a virtual convention, it, it's an, a heroic effort at this point. It's got to be, it had to be mind wracking when you guys first, you know, came to the decision and said, okay, we have to do this. Everybody's well, safety. It was. And when Dan first approached me about this, I got off the phone and I said, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Why is he even thinking about doing a virtual convention? It's the end of February. You know, this is, this is insane. The convention's not till July. What's, you know, we'll be fine. I don't know what he's talking about. Well, of course, as, as things progressed so quickly, obviously I realized the need for doing this, but this hasn't been an easy transition for me. You know, I, I've shed my tears. I've, you know, slammed a few doors, you know, <laughs> because we, we'd already put so much work into the convention, not, and, and a lot of it isn't transferable, you know, setting up a lot of the tours, working with the hotel. That's all stuff that we did prior to this happening that we can't get that back for this year. But it's necessary. And even if things were to open up right now, you know, I don't think very many people would want to travel. I don't know. So we need to make the decision for the safety of our members. And it certainly wasn't an easy decision for anyone. Absolutely. But it's going to work. And I'm getting very, very intimately familiar with all the ACB radio team and their role is going to be much bigger during this convention than it has in the past. So it's, you know, figuring out who's doing what and how this is all going to work. And it is going to work. And the more I see it, you know, coming together, the happier it makes me. Is there a part of physical convention that you guys just couldn't find a way to translate? Elevator lines. <laughs> oh, God bless. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, yep, can't, can't, can't do that. No dog relief area. Um, ACB cafe, that's gone. You have to, have to, you know, I can't be getting my Starbucks every morning. That's, you know, that's going to be tough, but, you know. But pretty much everything is going to be the same. It We're going to have all the affiliates, all the meetings. When I look at what I already have for the registration form, you know, there's, numerous sessions going on every day. So other than the in-person touch, it's going to be the same convention. And we're even going to have door prizes during general sessions. Really? All right. No, I was going to say that's going to be part of the convention registration. So if we are, we are doing registration for the convention, just like we normally would, and that will open up on May 21st, for ACB members, and on May 28th for non-members, and it'll run through June 21st, and there is a registration cost. It is $25 to register, and you may say, well, why are we paying, or why are we even registering for a convention? For things like door prizes, because when you register for the convention, you'll be put into a virtual door prize drawing, and it's not going to be like normal where you're sitting in general sessions and they pull out seven names until they get to the person who's actually in general session. They pull out your name. You don't have to be present to win. As long as you've registered, you get that door prize. Awesome. So that's going to be good. Other perks of registering is normally we have the ability to purchase a t-shirt or the convention pin 
this year there's going to be 10 items on the registration from the mini mall that you're going to be able to select from to to purchase. You can do your individual um, sponsorships. You can purchase the Braille Forum raffle tickets. And then each event that we're having is going to have a checkbox. There's not going to be any cost for any of the events. So you're not going to be paying, you know, $8 for this session, $12 for that, you know, $30 for a luncheon. So no cost for any of these sessions, but you can go down and select the sessions that you're interested in attending. And as a registrant, you will automatically get the information via email as to how to connect for these sessions if you want to connect to them via Zoom. So there's two parts of the registration conversation that I definitely think we need to highlight. First being whether or not we're able to meet in person, this still costs. The people that are asking, well, why do we have to actually pay if we're just going to sit at home in our recliners and, and you know connect via our phone or our computer? It still costs ACB. And yes. we, you know, we need to offset those. And it also gives us a modicum of control and understanding who's here and being able to give the affiliates and their programming, you know, a modicum of control over everything. Right. And then you can also pay those affiliate registration charges. The affiliates will like this because they can get a list of who signed up for their sessions so that they know a lot of the affiliates are going to offer door prizes for sessions. So if you've, you know, paid the affiliate registration for your favorite affiliate from those lists, they're going to do the door, pri- door prize drawings. And, and if along the way you haven't registered for a session, what will happen? You can register on site. And even if you haven't registered for the Zoom session, if you haven't registered for the convention and you decide to register for something last minute, we'll have a number you can call. We'll have a way for you to either get registered for that or to get the information for the session. And you don't have, there's going to be so many ways to listen to different sessions or attend different sessions during the convention. General sessions will be on ACB radio live streamed. You can listen on any of your devices. I won't mention any names because I'll start, (laughs) you know, a whole flood of talking in the background. You can you can call. You don't have a computer. You're not a computer person. That's fine. You can call the number for uh, audio now and listen to ACB radio over the phone. You can listen to ACB radio on your computer. We're going to be able to live stream several more sessions each afternoon than we've been able to do in the past. So your favorite committee or affiliates going to be out there and what we haven't, we're not able to live stream will be recorded and it'll be aired later on. And we're going to have an exhibit hall. We, we are. have our exhibitors on one of ACB's channel with some recorded and some live presentations And each day, the exhibitor hall schedule is going to change. So if your favorite exhibitor is at 1 o'clock on Tuesday and you can't catch them live, you can get them at 3.30 on Wednesday. We're also doing a tour channel. Everybody loves the tours for the convention. So what we're doing is some audio-described tours. We have a myriad of different tours. We have the White House tour that we're going to do. We have a tour from Mount Rushmore. 
We have a tour from the Wright Brothers. We have a tour from the Portrait Gallery with some audio description of some of the presidential portraits. And again, the tour channel will be rebroadcast and the tours will be at various times throughout the day. Our general sessions are going to be, opening general session is Sunday evening, July 5th. And then our daily sessions are going to be Monday through Friday. So we have an extra, basically an extra day of general sessions so that we can allow for a little additional programming. But for those of you on July 4th who are going to be missing fireworks, maybe somebody will have them, maybe they won't, but probably not, but we'll see. It certainly won't be as it's been in the past, but we're going to have fireworks for you. Joel Snyder, our audio describer extraordinaire has a copy of the 2019 fireworks display from the Capitol steps in Washington, DC. So he's going to do audio description of fireworks. We're also going to do the, um, many of you've heard of the documentary that Disney plus has been airing of pick of the litter. And yes. you may not know that our very own Claire Stanley, our direct, our advocacy outreach specialist, was featured in several of those episodes. So we're going to air two of those with audio description. And Claire's going to be there to talk about the filming and talk about what it was like being a guide dog star. Nice. Yeah. It sounds like everything that we expect in a live convention, you found a way to convert to the virtual. The, the Friends and Art Showcase we're having. Yeah, I, I'm hoping to participate in that, actually. Oh, you better, better send in your information so they can... <laughs> Yes. So as you know, I put That's... out um, emails to see if anybody had questions. And I, I got a bunch. I'm wondering if you can guess what the most popular question was. Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. Going okay. once, going twice. Oh yes, the ACB Easy Chair Auction. Yep, will be Tuesday evening, and yes, you can bid and buy, and buy some more. And if any of you have ever paid attention or partaken in the ACB Radio Holiday Auction, we're going to do the same format. You will register so you have so we have your bidder information available. You will call in. You can bid either over the phone or via the computer. And it's going to be the same thing. We'll, ha we'll have the auctioneers. We'll have the items for bid. And we'll have all that exciting bidding where you can go back and forth. I know at the holiday auction, when, when it gets down to the wire and there's two or three bidders, sometimes they'll just leave those three people open and they can kind of go back and forth until somebody finally gives up. And um, yes, the auction will be there. And uh, as I said, that will be Tuesday night, uh, July 7th. Awesome. What kind of presentations are the special affiliates going to be giving? Oh, my goodness. I can give you so many special affiliate presentations and I kind of, I'm kind of afraid to do this because I don't want to 
leave anybody out. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to start kind of going through my schedule a little bit. And so if I've missed you, you can't be too upset with me because I'm just going down the schedule. And when, when Anthony tells me I'm done, then I'll, then I'll stop giving affiliate information. <laughs> and what I'll say at, at this moment is if we miss anyone and you email me at the show, mm-hmm. I will make sure to highlight you on my next program the following Sunday. CCLVI, Citizens Low Vision International, sent me information that they wanted to make sure was highlighted. And one of the things that they're doing is they're, they always do the low, vi- low Vision Vendor Showcase, and they're going to be doing that on uh, Sunday afternoon. And they will have vendors with low vision equipment. And as they said in their write-up, there's going to be some vendors who aren't normally at the convention who they may be able to have for their showcase. So that's going to be really good. They're also doing a session on Hadley School. They're calling it Hadley 2.0. And they're talking all about Hadley School and all the courses that they're doing now. They're also doing a session called My Retina Tracker with a gentleman with Foundation Fighting Blindness. And he's going to be talking about people with inherited retinal diseases and resources that are available. ACB Families is doing several sessions. They're doing a session on the Helen Keller exhibit at American Printing House Museum. They're doing a session on the history of Hawaii on Friday afternoon, the first Friday. And you'll learn all about the islands of Hawaii. They're also doing a session on the Civil War with a renowned historian, about the Civil War, who's going to be talking about the Sultana incident, which is something that I had to look up, but it happened after the Civil War, and it was a terrible naval disaster. And they'll be talking about that. They're also doing a camp stories session. So they have a lot of things that they're doing. Guide Dogs for the Blind is doing their GDUI uh, updates from the guide dog schools, as they always do. They're also doing a session, which I I love this. Um, It's called Sit, Stay, and Listen, and it's featuring Lewis Frank from uh, from Seeing Eye, who's going to talk about getting your dog to do what you need your dog to do. Uh, They also have a woman who has a guide dog user and has been involved in the Iditarod. Very nice. Washing, you mean? Yes. Very nice. Working with the dogs. ACB Diabetics in Action has a couple of great programs. They're, they're going to have a social hour where, you know, people can just get together and chat and get to know other people with, diabe- with diabetes. They are also doing a session, which I think is, sounds really cool, called Food for Thought, where they're talking about good things to eat for people who are diabetic. And their other session is Living the Good Life. And they're talking about how you can really live a fruitful and rewarding life with diabetes and not let it, not let it slow you down. They've got three great sessions that, you, that they're doing. The teachers are doing a session on Saturday morning, and they had already worked with this presenter, so they decided to go ahead and have him. And it's a presentation about the history of Chicago. And it's by a gentleman who is an author and apparently very, very funny. 
gentleman called Richie Zai, and he's going to be talking all about the history of the city of Chicago and various things that have happened throughout the life of the city. So that's going to be fun. So we will get a little Chicago history here. And then they are doing another session on Monday about um, discussing popular online learning platforms, which, of course, that's very current today with everybody doing online school. That's some great information that you've shared with us, Janet. Thank you so much. And that is just just a very small percentage of what I didn't even touch on the committees and several of the other affiliates. And then there's sessions that our business partners are going to be putting on. So you, you really need to, I'll be sending out lots of information via the email lists. And if you're not subscribed to the convention announce list, I would suggest you do so to get the latest information. Of course, I have information in the Braille forum also, but the convention list is updated very often. It's a announce only list. So you're just going to be getting emails from me. No, no responses from anyone else. And to subscribe to that list, it's ACB convention dash subscribe at ACB lists, L I S T S dot O R G. So ACB convention dash subscribe at ACB lists dot O R G. And my phone number and email address are all over the website, so I have no problem giving out my contact information for anyone who doesn't have it. And my email address is Janet, J-A-N-E-T, dot Dickelman, D-I-C-K-E-L-M-A-N, at gmail.com. And my phone number is 651 428 5059. Thank you. So before we move on to our In the Spotlight roundtable discussion, I like to end movers and shakers with a rapid three question get to know you. Uh, my first question is when Janet is finished convention planning for the day, evening, or middle of the night, what is your favorite way to unwind? Read a book. Have you read anything that you'd like to shout out recently? I haven't had time. <laughs> Question two. When Janet has gotten to her tip-top point, what part of the house do you like to relax in? Are you a kitchen cooking person? Are you a get-in-bed-and-Netflix? Well, if the weather's nice, I'm a sitting-out-on-my-deck girl. Nice. My Braille Sense and I spend a lot of time working from my deck, which is, which is really nice. I like to be able to do that. If you were to write a memoir or a script for the movie of your life, <laughs> can you give me the title and a brief synopsis? Oh, boy. I wish you'd prepared me for this one in advance. <laughs> well, I've always said to people that I try to be the glasses half full and that's what I espouse to. And I also espouse to the fact that you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. So I would like to be remembered in my autobiography as someone who has always tried to be kind and caring and a good friend and wife, mom, and guide dog user. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. 
and we'll be hearing a little bit more from you in our next segment. Good luck with the rest of the planning. Thank and you, thank I you. hope you'll come back after convention and we'll talk about highlights and how much, how amazing it all ended up being. I would love to do that. Sunday edition will be right back after this message. Hi everybody, this is Minha, president of ACB Students, and I'm very much looking forward to all the events that we're going to be having this summer for our virtual convention. I'm really sad that we won't be able to share this experience together in Chicago, um, but I think the virtual seminars are going to be fabulous, and it's a great opportunity for us to reach our members and other blind and visually impaired people who might not be able to make it to a convention in person. I'm excited about the events that we're going to have. Um, and I think this year we really focused on collaboration. Um, like we are having a welcome party with ACB Next Generation with all the young people. And then we are sharing a G Suite seminar talking all about I like the power of Google Docs and Google Forms for your organization. Um, and we are doing that with ACB Next Generation and Blind Pride International. Um, and then we are also doing a meditation workshop with BPI. And I think the highlight for us this year is going to be a video game accessibility seminar. We are reaching out to video game advocates in the community, blind and sighted, to kind of sit on this panel to talk about how they are working to make video games more accessible and how companies can do that for everybody. I think that's going to be really great. It's not a topic that's ever been done before really at convention so I think this is going to be a topic that a lot of people are going to be interested in especially young people so I'm looking forward to that and of course we are going to have events to support our scholarship winners um, even though they won't be able to be there and we won't be able to celebrate their achievements with them in person we're still going to have our virtual scholarship luncheon and you know, um, they'll have their scholarship ceremonies during general session. Um, so that's just a quick rundown of what we're going to be having at convention, our virtual convention. Um, and please follow us on Facebook at ACB Students and on Twitter at ACB Students. And check out our website at acbstudents.org to get more information. And welcome back to the In the Spotlight portion. I am joined again by Jenna Dickelman and our esteemed president, Dan Spoon. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad okay. to be here, Anthony. Thank, thanks for inviting us. Thank you so much for coming. This is convention special on Sunday edition. Dan, why don't you start? Tell us what convention is about this year for you and for ACB as an organization. Well, I think first and foremost, it's, it's an adventure. Uh, it's an experiment. It's an opportunity to try things we've never tried before, and it's a big challenge because it's something we've never done before. So going to you know, a virtual format, I've just been so inspired by how well everybody has kind of marshaled their resources and 
really embraced uh, doing a virtual convention yes. and trying something new for the first time. You know, a lot of innovation comes out of necessity, and so that's the place that we're at right now. It's very exciting. We've had some great uh, discussions and, and meetings trying to plan and pull it all together. Uh, we've come up with a new theme, ACB, A Path to the Future, which is kind of very apropos about what we're trying to do here. So overall, I'm, I'm excited, and I'm also a little worried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when as Dan I, talks about I, meetings, he's not kidding. We have had meetings. I mean, conference calls and meetings and more conference calls. And if I don't talk to Dan three or four times a day, I think he's mad at me. <laughs> yeah. I've I've heard I've gotten a wind of how much planning is going into this. I, I'm curious, and and as I explained to Janet earlier, I got a bunch of emails with questions for you guys, and so I'm consolidating sort of the thoughts so that I'm not listing out one this, two this, three this. I'm mm. I'm wondering how do you guys speak to those who say if this is a phenomenal success we won't have in-person conventions anymore. The technology that we are using now may help us do some sessions in the future that more people can attend, but nothing can replace an in-person convention. We know that because getting together is a huge part of the convention, the networking, the going out to dinner, the just being there, the being able to give someone... A, Anthony and I were talking earlier about virtual hugs and virtual this and that. Nothing replaces being in person together. So this is not an attempt to take away the in-person convention. It is an opportunity for us to embrace some additional technologies, but no, we, will, we definitely will still have in-person conventions. So blast into the future does not mean that we are putting away the past. No. Most certainly not. And and I really do think it's all about relationships, Anthony, within our ACB family and where you strengthen and kindle those relationships, I believe, is in person. Yep. I've always thought at a convention, even a leadership conference, you learn more and experience more outside of the formal sessions than you do inside the sessions. Yes. So <laughs> it's all that time where you're meeting somebody at a restaurant or going on a tour with them or just, uh, you know, running into each other as you're trying to find the bathroom. Right. You know, it's all those kind of things that really strengthen and build relationships. And, and I think what we're seeing with this social distancing is everybody is really starving for that opportunity to, to really connect and be with each other. So I, I think we are really, we're learning some things from this. And so I do think that our our online presence will be a little different in the future. Don't you, Janet? Yes, I do. Yeah. But don't worry for all of you purists like me, we, we will certainly have our in-person conventions. On that vein and topic, for those people who are not technologically savvy and may have some reservations about how they're going to enjoy and attend convention this year, what kind of support will be offered well, I think first maybe is talking a little bit about the vehicles and different ways to participate. And so you do not have to be a, a person that has a lot of uh, technological experience. If you know how to operate a phone, you can uh, participate, you know, in a large way with uh, this convention. You can call into the Zoom sessions and listen as a participant. 
You can call audio now and, uh, and listen through all the ACB radio broadcast channels uh, that will be available. If you are a, an Echo user or a Google Play user, you can uh, listen to the ACB radio streams. So I think there's going to be all kinds of opportunities for, for people that are on the low technology end of our membership to, to really have a, a great opportunity to participate. Yes. How interactive can we expect it to be? And I'm conglomerating questions. I got a couple of questions basically saying, you know, is it, am I just going to be sitting there listening to a week's worth of radio shows? Is it going to be like watching television? How interactive can we expect it to be? There are going to be opportunities for interaction. We've been working on this as far as general sessions in the ACB programming that we're going to be having. We are talking about having basically, I'm calling it question box, but that's certainly not the proper term for it, where you can get your questions to someone who will have them asked on air for you. In the affiliate and committee sessions, there will certainly be opportunities for you if you're participating in the meeting to ask your questions. So no, you're not just going to be there listening silently. And we're having what we call our mix, you know, a lot of, some of the affiliates are still having mixers. As I mentioned, ACB Diabetics is. Sassy Sight and Sound is having one. BPI is still having our anniversary anniversary party. Next Gen and ACB students. Next Gen's having a meet and greet. ACB students is having their their Friday night bash. So there will be a lot of mixers, and certainly there will be time to participate in those two, as well as the sessions that are put on by our affiliates and committees. So no, you're not just going to be sitting there listening. You can certainly. It's almost going to be as good as being there. So I've been privy to some of uh, some of the information on planning, uh, being an you know a a volunteer now on ACB radio, and a big topic of conversation has been roll call, and I was wondering Dan Janet if you guys could speak a little bit to including roll call this year, the importance of it, and how it may or may not be different from live roll call. Sure, I'll take that. Yeah. It's still in progress. We we want to do a roll call. And, you know, I think what we're, we're planning on doing is having each affiliate to have an opportunity uh, to say, you know, a few, a few words, you know, probably something between 30 seconds and a minute to, you know, introduce their affiliate, you know, share a, uh, you know, a, a nice accomplishment for the year, maybe even donate some donation. money to ACB. Uh, and we're going to go through the roll call and, and take it from, uh, you know, all of Alabama all the way through uh, – you know, the, the last special interest affiliate, uh, you know. Veterans. Um, veterans, yeah. So, so we're going to go through uh, and, and do our roll call on opening night, which this year is going to be on Sunday, the July 5th. So as Dan said, we just don't know quite how we're going to do this roll call yet, but we are working on it. So, But we think Excellent. it's really an important part of the convention because it really does give the affiliates to get, you know, an opportunity to give a shout out, which, yep. again, tries to personalize it and get everybody involved. So we spoke a little bit earlier about registering, that there is going to be a registration fee. Most, if not all, of the breakout sessions and events are not priced, if I'm correct. That is correct. That is correct. Even the banquet is free this year. And so you have to bring your own dinner. (laughs) (laughs) BYOD. (laughs) 
B O B Y O, and we can add a lot of letters. To yes. That. Bring your own right. wine. Bring yes. your own iced tea. Bring your own Long Island iced tea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you are not currently an ACB or a special interest or state affiliate member, can you register and be part of this year's convention? You can. The only difference is you would just have to wait until after May 28th, and that's when registration opens for all. We give our ACB members a few days in advance so that they can, and, and the reason we've done that, of course, in the past is for tours um, and for events that sell out very quickly. We want our ACB members to have, you know, a little perk, um, membership perk there. This year, we wouldn't necessarily have to do it, but we just wanted to keep that same tradition. Tradition in place. Yeah, Yeah, I think traditionally, Janet, about what? About almost 20% of the people that participate in our convention are not members. So, yeah, we get people from all over. And we are definitely hoping that that number exponentially grows this year. And I think this is the perfect opportunity to reach so many people who have interest in ACB, but may not have had the drive or the money or the time to come to an in-person convention. Maybe they don't have an affiliate that's close to where they live. So this is, this is a unique opportunity for people who want to know about ACB and may or may not want to join to get, to get some experience and to get a feel for what the organization is and wants to be. And, you know, a lot of affiliates will pay a stipend for people to come to the convention or pay hotel rooms or, you know, pay a little bit here or there. And we do this in Minnesota. But what we're doing in Minnesota this year, we decided anybody from our affiliate who's interested in attending the convention will pay a portion of their registration. And, you know, it's an easy way for an affiliate to get, and this year not a very expensive way for an affiliate to get people to, quote, attend the convention. As I said, I've been privy to to some of the information behind the scenes up to this point. And the one thing that I've heard consistently, Dan, this is for you, is that you are passionate about making sure that this convention looks and feels like conventions in person, that, sh- that there's a magic quality to, to what you're asking of everybody. And everybody feels the infectious need to, to bring that spirit and to, and to achieve that. Can you speak a little bit uh, about your vision and, and, and what you've been asking of the affiliates and the planning committee, et cetera, et cetera? Janet, of course, is, is the, our convention chair extraordinaire, and she's the one who kind of holds a lot of the convention planning meetings. But this is one of the kind of agreements Janet and I came to early on is that in a world where so many things were changing, one thing we could offer is that our convention could have a level of consistency. So we're still going to have the general sessions every morning uh, during our normal Monday through Friday routine. Uh, We're going to have breakout sessions in the afternoon. And then we added a whole series of primetime shows where between 7.30 and 9.30 each evening, we could really concentrate on a particular topic of interest that we think would really appeal to a large percentage of our uh, membership and our ACB family. And so I think we've tried to do the best of both worlds. We've got a lot of the special interest affiliate breakout sessions. They can still do their social. So we 
try to, to kind of give them that level of consistency that they've had. But of course, we've had to add, you know, in some innovative things. We're going to have an audio described tour presentation each day. Uh, we've yeah. gone to using a, we'll have a virtual exhibit hall where our vendors can participate. So at any point in time, there's going to be like five ACB radio streams that are going to be running in the afternoon where you could pick five different things that you'd want to listen to on the radio, and then there'll be even more sessions available through the Zoom platform. So we think we're, we're kind of trying to blend the best of both worlds, keep some level of consistency here, uh, but also try to be innovative and bring in some new, new ideas. And the one thing I didn't talk about, Dan, and thank you for bringing it up, is the ACB evening events. And let me just touch on those for a second. And I'm kind of calling them in my head an evening with ACB. And we have three of these events when we don't have other evening events going on so uh, that are ACB related. So Monday evening, we are having audio description committee is doing a session on audio description on Wednesday evening, we are having a session on smart appliances and houses. So everything in the for the home that is accessible and how you can get it and how it works. That's going to be a great session. And then Thursday evening, we're having Clark and Claire are doing the legislative boot camp. So that's going to give you all the, all the latest information on legislation and advocacy. So those will be three really great evening sessions and they will be live streamed on ACB radio. Nice. Very nice. So I want to switch focus now and ask you guys what level of participation can we expect from the state and special interest affiliates? Jana, do you, you, you know, of course the, the programming content is expected to be in here uh, by Monday. And right. uh, I think you've gotten very good participation I across have. the special interest affiliates. Yeah, There really isn't any special interest affiliate that, and some are doing even more sessions than they normally do. ACB Families is doing four sessions, four or five. I might have miscounted one. And everyone else is really pretty much doing all the committees. I know um, you're going to put in a little information on this because you're doing some of the BPI, but Voices from Around the World and Blind Pride International are doing their Voices luncheon, aka session. Sister Power Breakfast, which is always one of the, where we they always have two women who talk about their lives. They're doing their presentation as they normally would. It's just not going to be a breakfast. So everyone has really jumped in and they're basically doing what they've always done in the past. So we're not really missing out on any affiliate or committee information. Friends in Art is doing a really wonderful thing on Sunday afternoon because several of their members, including our beloved Lynn Heddle, was a harpist. So yes. they're doing harps in the ACB parlor, and they're going to have members of FIA who will play harp, and then they will talk about how they learned to play harp as a blind harpist. And I'm hoping that they have some harp that Lynn has played that they're going to be able to play during the session. Oh, that would, that would be absolutely beautiful. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Yep. And then I think the, the other side of your question, Anthony, is I think from our, from our affiliates, 
there's really a wonderful opportunity to engage so many more of their members than would normally be able to afford to take yes. the time off work or the cost to to travel to you know to a, a venue like Schaumburg, Illinois, and the airfare or the bus fare and the hotel and and all that. So that can be a pretty pricey proposition. And so for twenty five dollars, you can experience you get it really. All. Eight days of 12 hours a day of live content plus an additional, gosh, I don't know, another 15 or 20 hours a day on, on, the, on the other radio channels that will be available. So it's an amazing amount of content, and it's $25. I know our local chapter in Orlando here is really considering, you know, maybe even putting a stipend in place for that uh, registration fee because – we yep. had money budgeted to go to our state convention, which is going to be virtual this year. People had money budgeted to go to the national convention, which they're not going to have to pay for this year. So I think it's a really an opportunity for some of that money to get redirected towards um, including more members in the experience. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the value, the value is incalculable between the access to the tours, the mixers, the, the breakout sessions. I mean, BPI, for example, is doing a wine education to replace the fact that we won't be able to do, actually, you know, you can't really create a, a virtual wine tasting That would event. be a little hard. <laughs> it would be a little too costly for us to send glasses of wine to everyone who registers. But, oh, but you could. No. <laughs> 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 yeah, absolutely. The the value is is incalculable. So two definite things that I want to touch on, Dan, since you spoke about, and this was on the agenda anyway, yes. since you spoke about Florida's convention, it's some it's it's somewhat of a dry run for national convention, correct? That's right. Yeah, we really, you know, our ACB board of directors, uh, with the recommendation from our ACB radio steering committee. Uh, recommended that we uh, offer to all our, our, our state and special interest affiliates that would like to take advantage of it, uh, that they could stream their conventions uh, on ACB radio at no charge this year, and that also our radio team would help them in any way with our Zoom licenses and our expertise uh, to help uh, coordinate and produce uh, their state uh, affiliate conventions. So, I really think it's a win-win. It gives our team an opportunity uh, inside of ACB Radio, uh, the broadcast team, to really experience it and learn and use it as pilot projects and pilot conventions to see how, uh, you know, work out some of the keeks and, and try different innovative things. And for our affiliates, I think it allows them to really host a quality uh, virtual convention without having to pay the expense of, of buying Zoom licenses and and doing the streaming services on ACB radio. So we think it's a win-win, and we're pretty excited about uh, getting a chance to – the first dry run is going to be the Florida Council of the Blind Convention here on, uh, I think, May 14th, 15th, and 16th. It is, and I can make an exclusive announcement, and then I'm going to put you on the spot, Dan. Sunday edition is going to go live starting on May 17th, and we're going to host a Florida Council of the Blind 
convention wrap-up highlight conversation. So I'm going to put you on the spot right now, Dan, and ask you to participate on that in that on Sunday, May 17th at 1 p.m. on ACB Radio Mainstream. I've got to always get a commercial in there somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, be happy to. I, I, I'm uh, looking forward to seeing how it all turns out. I think it'll be, I think it'll be a really good experience. The second thing I wanted to throw out, and this is to both of you guys, how are you guys expecting us as special interest affiliates and state affiliates, how are you expecting us to use this to generate membership? The fact that all these sessions, because they're on Zoom and or on ACB radio, are going to be recorded. So you can certainly promote them. You can let potential members know. And as I said earlier, when people register for the convention and register for a session, so if, they, if people register for that, put that little checkbox by the WineWise section for BPI, you can get a list of those individuals. And so you can reach out to them and say, hey, would you like to be, you, you attended our, our event. Are you interested in becoming a member of BPI or any other affiliate? So that's going to give you some abilities to find out who's, who's at your sessions. And as I said, with all the recorded information that's out there, even after the session, you can promote it on your websites and you can, you know, let people know what's available. And this, we had this wonderful session on, you know, dating apps, or we had this wonderful session, your financial, the BPI is doing their financial freedom session. And that's one that's going to be aired live on ACB radio. So you can, you can promote that. So it's going to be a great promotional tool for the affiliates. And it's also going to be a potential membership for people, for the affiliates getting, being able to get lists that are generated through registration. Awesome. And I would even encourage our affiliates as they're doing their presentations, you know, think about it as an opportunity to promote yourself. So, so identify, you know, the special interest affiliate you're associated with at the beginning of the session and identify your, you know, your web address and, and your Twitter feed and Facebook page and how people can get in touch with you. Yeah, you use it as an opportunity inside of the session to promote yourself and promote your your ongoing events later on in, that, in the week. We are also going to have a series of what we're calling live anchor shows. So one in each morning before we get started and then kind of sessions that will be in between, say, the general session and the first breakout session and the first breakout session and the second breakout session and then all the way up to an evening wrap-up show. So there's going to be about 70 of these throughout the week where we're going to have you know, the opportunity to feature people, interview people on upcoming uh, you know, sessions that are going to happen later on in the week, or even talk about highlights of things that have already taken place. So I think, again, uh, Tony Stevens and Debbie Hazelton are going to coordinate these, and so there's an opportunity there for special interest affiliates to say, really like to have a few minutes to have our president come on with you all and talk a little bit about what we're doing for our special interest affiliate. So I think there's all kinds of opportunity uh, to get the word out there. That's great. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about Blast Into the Future. How did it come about? Why did you guys pick that? It's a path to the, uh, to the future. Path. And I'll let Janet, okay. Janet put a contest together, so I'll let her share 
her uh, her contest idea. It really worked out well. I did. I was we were trying to come up with a theme, and I said, "Oh my gosh, you know, there's like." 10 people on this committee, everybody's got different ideas. I said, I'm going to just throw it out to the membership. So, of course, people love to get something. So I said, the winner that would be selected by a committee would get a $25 Google, um, Amazon gift certificate. And I must have had 80 different submissions for the theme. But we really felt, I showed, shared this with the Convention Steering Committee, and we felt that ACB, A Path to the Future, really represented what what this is. It's a path. It's an unknown path, but it is to the future because, of course, a lot of things in the future are going to be more online, more electronic, and we don't know for sure what the future is going to hold, how social distancing is going to impact us, but this is, you know, going to be a, a way of the future, and we felt that that best represented what we wanted this convention to symbolize. And there were a lot of great on entries and several of us had some other, you know, really cutesy ones that we thought were, we liked, but, you know, we just felt that this was the best representation. And Janet, who was the winner? The winner was Annie Chiapetta. Mm, love Annie. Before I hit you guys up with two fun questions about each other, Oh, I'm going to no. give you guys an open space to speak to the members that are listening or people that are listening that are on the fence to becoming members of ACB, about convention, about ACB itself. Take it away. Dan, you want to go first? Uh, sure. Uh, thanks, Anthony. And I would just say that, uh, you know, we, we need you in ACB. We need members of our blind and visually impaired community to get involved with the best consumer group in the country. Uh, we are providing just an amazing amount of services during this time of the COVID-19 crisis. We probably are up to at least 100 different community chats that are happening you know, weekend and week out uh, on our Zoom platform, as well as being broadcast, many of them on our ACB radio channels. Uh, in addition to that, we are advocating for just all kinds of accessibility issues, a lot of good news happening on accessible uh, paper ballots and uh, trying to make that process uh, available for our blind and visually impaired community. Uh, great work on audio description and all the wonderful things that are happening there with people cutting the cord and using streaming services. Uh, conventions, just a wonderful convention we've got coming up, scholarships. We've got our best scholarship uh, platform that we've ever had. We partnered with uh, American Foundation for the Blind, AFB, and we're offering over $80,000 in scholarships for 19 scholarship winners this year. So just all kinds of wonderful things happening inside of our organization. And please come be a part of the convention for a very nominal fee. You can learn all about us, and we'd love you to join. If you don't want to become a member, you can become a friend of ACB. There's no charge for that. And uh, get to know us a little bit better because we, we want to know you. And what I would add, and Dan's pretty much said anything that I would say, but the one thing that I will add, and we've, we've touched on it a little bit already, is ACB is basically a big family. We may not always get along. We may not always like each other at one particular moment or another, but we are like any other family. We are a big family. We are there for each other and we support each other. And 
the networking, whether you're in person or whether you're on a, a chat list, you know, the networking is invaluable and what you can learn from other ACBM members, other ACB members, it's, it's so important and it's really worth the membership price to be a part of ACB. Thank you. Thank you for that. So let's have a little bit of fun before Uh-oh. we end this segment. <laughs> Dan, yeah, you man. have five words to describe Janet. Go. A path to the future. All right. Janet. That's not fair. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought for sure you'd say something about tears. <laughs> Because Dan has made the comment more many times that there was a conference call that I was on when I was crying, and by the next day I was sending him email saying, "And we can do this, and we can do this, and we can do that." No, truly, I, I mean Janet. She 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 spoke in the last segment. She is a person who looks at the glass as being half full. How can we make this all work out? So she really is a. She's a can-do person, which I think is very, very wonderful characteristic. I mentioned this briefly in, in the last segment with Janet, but when I was going over the outline of, of how I was going to do this show with Debbie Hazelton, she used a phrase, and I said, oh, my God, you have to let me have this. And she said that Janet is, for all intents and purposes, the matriarch of convention. And I, mm-hmm. and I just, I was silent for a moment. I was like, yeah. That's exactly it. She's the big mama of convention. Yep. And so we Janet, do this with volunteers. I mean, it's the yes. most amazing thing in the world. There's no hired convention nope. event planning team or all that. It is, it is Janet and a team of volunteers working with the staff that, and all of our members that pull this off every year, which is just an amazing uh, feat. If you think of an eight-day, 12-plus-hour-a-day convention with just rich in content that, that, that moves on and on and on. I, I always say the convention is not a sprint, it's a marathon. Yes. Absolutely. So, Janet, I'm going to throw it in your direction back at Dan. Since switching from a physical convention to a virtual convention, has there been a moment, and if so, can you tell us, where you said, what? There's just no way. Oh, definitely. When Dan first called me and talked to me about this, I said, he's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, but from he's nuts to being on to, Sunday edition talking it. about and making it happen. I have to say the thing that amazes me about Dan is his phenomenal memory. He has an agenda he's, he, that he's got written down. He's not reading the agenda, but he's got 90% of it in memory. He may ask me at a meeting, oh, could you read this to go through the salient points just to make sure I don't miss anything? But he's, he's got it all committed to memory. He's amazing and amazingly organized and just an all-around nice guy. Uh, awesome. That's Even though I get and- tired of him calling me incessantly. <laughs> yeah. Andy, I didn't have to worry about those numbers. I, I had that number memorized. Yep. <laughs> Dan wants to be in the know, which is great. And he'll say, did you think it? Yes, Dan, I already did it. Have you? Th- yes, Dan, I've already done this. But, and, then, and then he'll come up with the many times too. And I'll say, oh, yeah, you're right. Hadn't thought about that. Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost wondering if it's a work-wife, work-husband situation kind of. going on here yep. now. 
Yep. <laughs> All right. So that leads me to my second and final question for you guys. Janet, if you were put on the spot and had to pick a nickname for Dan, what would it be? Oh, Lord. Memory man. All right. Dan? Oh, for Janet? Mm-hmm. Energizer bunny. And, oh, that's oh. margarine. Oh, so I that like is margarine that. too. No, yeah, no. that's that's my name for margarine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know another human being that is as organized as Janet is. Oh. She is very organized. That's why I don't sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> well guys thank you so much All for right. joining me and i look forward to having you guys on after convention so we can talk highlights bloopers and all the fun <laughs> stuff that went on at the acb convention july 3rd through the 10th sunday edition will be right back after this quick message California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention and operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. Welcome back. This is In the Spotlight, and I am joined by our esteemed president, Dan Spoon. Dan, welcome, and thank you for joining the show. Oh, thank you, Anthony. Glad to be here. So let's start with a little bit about how Dan got to ACB, ACB of Florida, and your path to the presidency. I started at the Florida Council of the Blind level back in the mid-90s. I was a member of the state of Florida Rehab Advisory Council, uh, which is, you know, associated with the Division of Blind Services, and I was a business representative. So at that point in time, I really wasn't associated with any of the consumer groups. Uh, I was working at Westinghouse Electric, which then became Siemens Energy when they acquired us in 1998. But in the mid-90s, I was, you know, I've got retinitis retinitis pigmentosis, a degenerative eye disease, and I had some usable low vision at that point in time, but was a cane traveler. And uh, and on the advisory council was a wonderful woman named Terry Blessings. She was the current president of the Florida Council of the Blind at that point in time. And, you know, I had some pretty good IT skills back then. I, you know, was a computer programmer, and and she asked me if I would be willing to uh, help with Florida Council of the Blind's membership database. And I said, sure, I would. She said, well, would you be willing to, you know, be our membership person? And I said, okay. So then I got a call from her, and she said, Dan, uh, congratulations. You have been elected membership secretary for the Florida Council of the Blind. So I actually got elected as an officer before I ever attended a meeting. So that was kind of (laughs) an interesting way to get started. You got Uh, drafted. uh, Yeah, I got drafted, basically. And so... She said, well, our membership secretary passed away, and we don't know what to do, and our membership is due soon. And back then, Florida had over 1,500 members. And so she sent me this DBase4 file and said, uh, 
anything you could do to help would be greatly appreciated. And then it was quite an, an undertaking, but, you know, learned a lot, got to meet a lot of the folks, attended my first board meeting that following spring and got to meet people. By being involved at that level, I very quickly got involved in our local chapter uh, here in Central Florida, continued to kind of do things at the local and state level. In 2009, the American Council of the Blind had a convention in Orlando at the uh, Rosen Center, right out by the convention center off of International Drive. And Leslie and I and her sister Anita, we attended the convention. We're just blown away with, uh, you know, the the magnitude of a national convention compared to a uh, a state convention. You know, I mean, there were, you know, well over a thousand people there and all these concurrent sessions and guide dogs flying everywhere, enjoyed ourselves. And we went to the auction and bid on a package to go to Nashville. And the couple who had put the tour together were Brenda Dillon and Dan Dillon from Nashville, Tennessee. So while we were up there one night, they invited us to come over to their house for dinner. We got to know uh, Dan and Brenda very well, and they were so active in the American Council of the Blind. She was the second vice president, and he was the chair of the Resource Development Committee. And so they asked Leslie and I to get involved in the auction committee and the RDC committee, and, and we started kind of getting involved at the national level. And then by 2012, three years later, Brenda talked me into running for the ACB Board of Directors. So I got elected to the board in 2012 in Louisville and uh, you know, served on the board. And then uh, in 2017, I ran for vice president, first vice president, when Jeff Tom decided uh, to kind of step down as our first vice president, and several of the board members kind of encouraged me to run. So then I was first vice president for two years and then became president in 2019. So kind of a quick turnaround on ACB time from not involved to president of the organization. (laughs) Absolutely. In your presidency, you've spoken a lot about core values. What does that mean to you and why is it so important? Our mission statement is the American Council of Blind strives to increase the independence, security, equality of opportunity, and quality of life for all blind and visually impaired people. And then our five core values are integrity and honesty. Uh, They are respect, collaboration, flexibility, and initiative. Here a year ago, we felt like it was really important to establish a set of core values which is what we are looking for from anyone we hire on the staff, whether it be a full-time employee, a part-time employee, or a contractor, or for people that we're asking to hold leadership positions inside of our organization, chairing committees or being involved in committees, because it's really those core values that determine what's important to you, what do you value, and what do you expect from those that you work with? So we're seeing those play out right now through what's happened to us with the COVID-19 virus. And so integrity and honesty, the best policy is to be honest, to be transparent, to be straightforward with your members, with your board. People appreciate honesty, even if it's maybe not good news. If it's delivered um, with integrity and honesty, 
I think that means a lot, that people know when you, you know, your word's your bond. When you say something, you can take it to the bank. So that's just extremely important. And then respect, you know, we are primarily a volunteer organization. We come at this with a lot of passion. Uh, So we've got to be careful that passion doesn't lead to being disrespectful to people. So we've worked hard to create a code of conduct and a diversity policy here over this last year uh, with input from from, uh, not just board members, you know, members of uh, different demographics, members of different committees, members of different affiliates. So we tried to do that in a very open way. I think drafted a very good set of code of conduct policies and a diversity policy that will leave us in good stead. Uh, It's incorporated now. Our diversity policy is incorporated in all of our um, convention contracts that, you know, we are going to ensure that people are not being discriminated against if we're going to hold an event in a particular uh, community. So that's really important to us. Collaboration. Uh, It's just paramount for us to be successful. We've got to be willing to work with each other, to share ideas, uh, to be a team. And this is always a work in progress. You know, there's there's little fiefdoms out there that you're always working through as an organization. So how do you get people to work and share? Um, it's a challenge at the special interest affiliate level, at the local chapter level, committee level. It, there's always a challenge there. But, but boy, when you have teams that are working and supporting each other and collaborating, it just makes all the difference. So that's a core value flexibility. We laugh with our staff that the the final clause is other duties as assigned because, you know, our chief financial officer, Nancy Becker, she keeps, does a wonderful job of doing all of our accounting. We just had a great uh, successful audit with our CPA a week ago Friday here. But besides doing the basic blocking and tackling of being our CFO and and keeping track of us from a fiduciary responsibility, you know, my gosh, she helps coordinate the membership certification database. Uh, she'll uh, help the ACB students for their trivia night during the leadership conference. Uh, she's just all over the place doing whatever she can do to help. And, and all of our staff work that way. Kelly Gass wears three or four different hats. Claire Stanley is doing advocacy work, but she's also you know, helping with our next generation, uh, you know, new special interest affiliate, and even when it was a committee and getting started. We ask people to be flexible, and I think in an organization our size, it's just so important. And then last but not least is initiative, and we're really seeing that through this whole virtual convention process that you've kind of got to think out of the box, you've got to be innovative, and you've got to have initiative to be willing to, you know, to deliver. Look at what you're doing here, starting up a podcast, that the initiative that, that takes. And, you know, Anthony, I, I did not know you a year ago, and now I hear your name everywhere, right? You are, you are taking the initiative. You've got a very active role in BPI. You're getting involved with ACB Radio. I hope ACB, I hope our family is welcoming and gives people a chance to 
explore their ambition and take initiative and make a difference. Thank you. I'm flustered. It takes a lot to fluster me. From your standpoint, what do you think of the core values and and how do you think our organization is standing up with that uh, type of uh, an evaluation? I've told a version of this story before and, um, you know, it bears repeating. I'm only four years in. March was four years for me where I lost my eyesight. And, you know, the first year I completely stumbled. I was in New York City and, you know, there was not a lot of coordination as to how to find services. What do you do when you suddenly lose your eyesight? As things started to progress and and mobility obviously was the the key. If I wasn't going to be able to get around, there was no way I was going to be able to live. I started to, I started to outreach and look for another community. I unfortunately found my way to another organization first. And um, I was completely turned off by, I guess, what you could call their core values and and their standpoints on how we should be, how we should act, how, you know, how we should hold ourselves, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Last year before convention, it all kind of came together in a very short period of time, the opportunity. And I I was like, I don't really know that I want to spend any of my money to, right. to go on a larger scale of, of what I've already experienced in the blind community. Um, and I was gently persuaded, give it a try and, and so on and so forth. And I was completely blown away. This is an organization that, that, in my opinion, come as you are, be who you are, just be respectful. On the flip side of that, I think, you know, as the population in general, we're completely underserved and very, very strongly overlooked. But I think mm-hmm. amongst ourselves, there are portions of our own community that are still underserved and overlooked. And I think it's a great opportunity this year for ACB to pull more of those overlooked and underserved portions of our own community into the fold. Oh, I think you're right. It's a, you, you kind of had a similar experience to me. You didn't go to an ACB convention and ACB convention came to you. It did. It did. <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, the listeners who have listened to the first show or have listened to Pride Connection, here I'm going to do a little commercial for the other show. <laughs> uh-huh, sure. No, the convention completely changed my life. I became a part of ACB at large. I became a part of BPI, Next Gen. Uh, I'm working with international relations, so on and so forth, and I'm at the love of my life. So, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I, I joke, you know, who falls in love in damn Rochester, but, you know, I fell in love in damn Rochester, and now uh, forever it will be, you know, one of my favorite cities on the planet. <laughs> I, I like to say at times that ACB is love. It is. It is. And, you know, <laughs> you guys, you mentioned family feeling. On my first show, I had Sheila, as you know, she, family, 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 family. And it really yep. is that. It really is that. If, if you want it and you're open to feeling it, it's there. Mm-hmm. You just have to step up and be a part of it. And I think we really embrace choice. It's yours to choose. That can't be for people that are maybe a little less aggressive. That, that can be overwhelming because... It really is up to our members to choose what they would like to be involved in. We're, we're not forcing or dictating. We're just offering a, a menu, right, of opportunities. When you became president, what were your big agenda items? Kim Charlson and, and Mitch Pomerantz and team before them did, really did an outstanding job through their administrations as ACB president with their board of directors. And so 
we did a lot of the basic blocking and tackling over the last few years in Kim's administration where we, we were able to recover from a, a fairly significant year-over-year deficit in operations. We were able to bolster our thrift stores and get them headed back in a positive direction before the coronavirus, so we'll see where that goes now. Uh, but, uh, you know, that had been a, a really good turnaround. Uh, we had a new executive director in Eric Bridges, uh, which really brought a lot of youth and energy to the organization. And then we had had the ability to go out and kind of complement and build our staff. So we had a lot of really wonderful building blocks in place. So really, from my standpoint, it was kind of taking it to the next level and trying to take our – it's hard to run an organization with the 35-plus committees that we have. So if you think of a – of a small staff trying to be response, responsive and, and coordinate 35 committees, that's a pretty daunting task. And so we really work through an exercise to identify kind of our core key functional areas of service. And so we identified the nine kind of key services and programs that American Council of the Blind offers. And then For each one of those, we set up a steering committee and found out that our individual committees rolled up very well underneath these higher nine program levels. So we have the convention, and then we have advocacy, we have member services, you know, really developing our relationships with our members and our affiliates. Uh, We have information referral and peer support, uh, which is really a growing area. We were doing a lot of this kind of unofficially, but when you really look at the information referral and peer support that ACB offers through our different special interest affiliates, some of our committees, in addition to our staff, I mean, we receive over 2,000 phone calls a month in our offices, our ACB offices. That's the amount of demand that's out there for information and referral and and peer support for, you know, blind and visually impaired people that are just wanting questions asked. So so we're trying to formalize that, and Claire Stanley is leading that effort for us. And then we have scholarship and awards, and that we partnered with AFB, as I spoke about a little earlier. And, you know, now we're offering eighty dollars to $90,000 a year in scholarships to 18 or 19 different scholarship winners. So that's the average uh, award of our scholarships now is over $4,000. So that's really, really exciting. We have three scholarships that are at $7,500 apiece uh, that are funded by uh, Ross Pangier, a wonderful donor to our organization. Uh, So that's been exciting. Um, Then we also have the audio description project, which has really, Mm. it's it's one of our go-to programs inside of the American Council of the Blind. Our acb.org slash ADP page is kind of the definitive resource for audio description. We now uh, have identified over 4,000 titles that people can get access to and and these are not just movies. They could be entire series like Blue Bloods or something like that. 
that are available from all the streaming ser services, from Netflix, from Amazons, from iTunes, uh, from our broadcast and cable channels, from when they come back, movies in the movie theaters, DVDs. So, uh, and then we have our public awareness uh, steering committee, which really talks about, you know, how do we get the word out? We have our monthly magazine with the Braille Forum. We have uh, Inside ACB that goes out to our key stakeholders. We have our ACB radio with its seven uh, streams, uh, you know, website, Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, just all kinds, social media presence, just all kinds of, I think we, at last count, we had 22 different communication channels which we have available inside of ACB. Uh, so that's our public awareness committee. And then we have our administration and management. So that's all our finances and kind of organizational structure uh, opportunities that we've got in place. Our last program is really our development fundraising, you know, the, the kind of the financial arm of the organization. So we've taken those nine programs, identified steering committees uh, for each one of those, and had all of our our lower-level committees roll up to them. Uh, that started uh, in October. Uh, it's been a work in progress, uh, but really we've defined smart objectives for each uh, committee, and uh, it's a way we can now manage the organization. It's, it's manageable to kind of talk to nine groups as opposed to 35 groups. You know, if you've ever had experience in business, it's, it's hard when you've got that kind of flat, horizontal type of a, an org structure. So this has kind of given us a little, you know, a, a little different level to communicate. And what it's done is it's now integrated the staff with the committees, with the board of directors. So that hopefully will provide synergies, provide collaboration, and, and really kind of get everybody on the same page. So we're, we're having items that filter up from the bottom from the committees that come down from the top from the board and that the staff deals with on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's been very, um, very exciting. And now we're working on putting together something called the Enterprise Operating System, but it's a methodology for manning, managing your organization uh, through a, an organization called Traction. And we're really looking at uh, kind of developing an accountability culture, which really deals with six different pillars of an organization. So the first is setting your strategic plan, your vision for your organization. The second level, which we talked about a little earlier, is your people. You know, do you have the right person in the right seat to do the job with the capability of doing it? So we're going through what we call an accountability chart for that. The third section is data. So how are you measuring your organization? Do we have quantitative measures in place? So we can look at a scorecard and see how we're doing across our nine programs. And then we're working at defining our processes. That's a hard thing to actually document and get your processes in place, whether it be membership certification or how you handle an information referral and peer support request, scholarship, they just go on and on and on. So we're trying to begin to define our processes. And then we're putting a, a model in place to manage our issues and solve problems. The last pillar is really that whole traction feedback, kind of doing that continuous loop where you're managing your organization in a consistent way and with a consistent terminology. So that's, that's kind of the next level is really trying to put that 
I'll say, level of organization inside of ACB. A case could be made that your presidency within itself is path into the future. <laughs> well, I hope so. Yeah, I, I, I like that. That's good. Yes, I, I, I hopefully, you know, again, we're building on the strong foundation we had in place and hopefully taking us to that next level. We really we really want to be the chief influencer for the blind and visually impaired community. We want to be the organization, and we, and we really are with so many of our partners right now, that we're the voice of the blind and visually impaired people. When, when folks want to come and have a partner to work with and move forward, we're the folks that can make that happen in a collaborative, respectful way. Absolutely. So before we have a little bit of fun, I wanted to give you an opportunity to speak about the situation we're all in right now, sheltering in place. This episode is devoted to convention and the fact that between all the community calls and the, the you know, we, ACB has really pulled together and, and become a family slash community slash. Um, so I wanted to just give you an open space to, to speak to everybody about what we're going through. And, and if you want to wrap it all up by saying what you hope for convention to be, especially since we are going through hard times. Sure. This whole COVID-19, you know, virus, the, the whole experience here has at times just been surreal, right? But we had to react very quickly. You know, if you think about it, we were all together in Washington, D.C. at a leadership conference just two months ago, right? Yeah. All forming chains and, and hugging each other and going out for dinners and sitting next to each other and rubbing elbows and sharing desserts and everything else, right? So wow, has the world changed in just two short months, you know, visiting all of our, our representatives on the Hill and just the world has, has really thrown us for a loop. And so we had to be nimble. We had to react. Our staff just has done an absolutely phenomenal job. Eric Bridges, and his team, uh, you know, working out of the, well, what was the Alexandria office and the Minneapolis office. So by March 16th, uh, Eric and Nancy had made the decision that they really need to have the staff work remotely to be safe and secure and healthy. And so from that point forward, now we're on our seventh week of everybody working virtually, and we really haven't missed a beat. I mean, it has been uh, just exciting to see the amount of productivity that has taken place with our staff. I mean, we have certified our members. We've done a successful audit, which was all done virtually. We've held, you know, close to 100 community chats with our member services. We've launched a service with Be My Eyes. We've advocated tirelessly with, for accessible voting with, with the work that Clark and Claire have done there. We have, you know, continued to respond to Federal Communication Commission's notice of public rulemakings and those type of things. We've gone through our whole scholarship and awards process and identified 19 scholarship award winners for this year. The DKM committee with Kenneth Simeon and team has selected our J.P. Morgan Chase fellows and our first timers. So the work is just continuing to go on and, and really kudos to the staff of 
uh, you know, it's funny. I'll be on a call, and you know, uh, Eric's got a five-year-old, and he's got a newborn, and they're, you know, <laughs> they're playing ball, and then we're answering an acti- you know, an advocacy question, and then uh, Eric's changing a diaper, and then we're, you know, on to convention planning. So it's been this absolutely fascinating experience. Uh, Tony Stevens, our development director, when I called him the other day, he said, Dan. We have four concurrent Zoom meetings going on in our house right now. My wife is on a business call. I'm on a business meeting with you guys from ACB, and both boys are having, you know, Zoom uh, educational classes right now. So they, they, they had four concurrent Zoom meetings going on in their house all at the same time. I mean, this is kind of the life we're living, right? But I think it has really brought our community together. I. I don't know, Anthony, if you've had a chance to participate. I know you have in some of these. Just the service that we're providing where people are, don't feel isolated, they have a chance to get together and talk. I mean, uh, my wife Leslie is doing an easy chair yoga. She had like 40 people yeah. doing easy chair yoga yesterday. I mean, people are just excited about the difference ACB is making in their lives. So from that standpoint, just could not be be more proud of our organization and and we had to make some tough calls we had to go and make the decision to not have a fiscal convention this year before it was really popular with even the threat that we could suffer a penalty a liquidated damage associated with the convention but we really felt it was the right thing to do we move forward with enough time to really plan the virtual convention uh, Janet and team, you know, great idea to rename it and rebrand it and just got everybody organized and thinking in a positive direction. I think we had, I don't know, three or 400 people that listened in on ACB radio when we went through the uh, board of directors meeting yeah. to decide to go to a virtual convention. And, I mean, the next day it was like the light switch went on and everybody just started working to make this happen. So just really, really excited about it. And I think um, it's just a wonderful opportunity that we've shared a couple times throughout this chat today where we can really reach out to people who haven't had had the opportunity to be at a a convention in person in in previous years. They can now really take an active uh, role in the convention and invite a friend, you know, folks that maybe aren't even members of ACB. This is a wonderful opportunity to get to know our organization. It worries me. It's challenging, but I know we'll pull it off in the end. And we're going to remember the funny things that happened to us and the awkward things that happened to us as much as we're going to remember the that those great aha moments, right? It, it's just what makes it's it's life. And uh, the rest of my family, besides Leslie, you know, they're all sighted, and you know, they're living their world, and they're they're sometimes a little isolated and a little bored. And they call Leslie and I and say, "Guys, are you all doing anything?" We're like, "Do anything? We've been going nonstop since eight o'clock this morning." I mean, there are so many activities going on with ACB. It's like the busiest I've ever been. I don't know about you, but <laughs> this has not been a boring time for us. <laughs> pretty much the same experience. Uh, you know, it started with BPI, but it kind of snowballed pretty quickly with the second show and certain other committees mm-hmm. and ideas. Yeah, 
Absolutely. So yeah, I had an opportunity to listen to your uh, family's show when you first got started on parenting. Boy, that was a fantastic show that you all used, uh, you know, to get started there with your broadcasts on ACB radio. It was just fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm really proud of all the work that BPI has done. We have some amazing members. We have a board now that really, it, we, we've had Zoom calls for audio description, book shares, open on coronavirus. I'm just really, really very proud. And when we launched the radio show, we thought, oh, you know, we'll get, we'll get a few listeners. And the intersection between LGBTQ and low or no vision, you know, we'll be able to tell our story a little bit. But it snowballed and is a lot bigger than I think any of us thought as we were putting it all together. And I'm, I'm so very proud. And, and to be able to have this second show and focus it on the movers and shakers, the fun side, be able to do a little advocacy. I'm blown away. I'm, I'm very, very, very fortunate and very happy to be a part of this family. Thank you. We, we appreciate your service. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So let's have a little bit of fun before I let you go. Um, okay. I know you heard earlier that I put Janet on the spot and in our roundtable segment, I put both you and Janet on the spot. So now it's your turn. All righty. first question I have for you is, what would Leslie say the best and worst thing about you being president is? <laughs> um, I would say uh, the best thing is our heart is in this. So the passion, the involvement, the friendships, that's, that's the best thing about ACB. I think on the downside, you see, honestly, is worried of just the, the stress and the toll and not letting it overwhelm you. She is worried about that, that, you know, we have a lot of folks with a lot of passion and it, it at times is, is a little overwhelming, to be totally honest. Well, thank you for that honesty. She's an amazing lady and I am sure that, you know, having her as, as a soundboard, as a partner, it, it probably takes a lot of that stress and puts it on a manageable shelf, let's say. It does. And what we've had to try to do is carve out some time to just say, okay, phone's down, computer's down, we're going for a walk, we're going to talk, you know, for 45 minutes and, and, and not do ACB and FCB. And we make it for about three blocks, and then we're talking about ACBS. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am beginning to, to understand exactly what that's like. <laughs> and I love it. Um, yep, so yep, yep. question number two, Mr. Spoon, President Spoon. Yep. When you actually do put ACB and FCB down, what, what are your passions? What else do you like? Of a family person, person first, I have, uh, you know, my, my two parents who are 88 years old, and this has been a really hard time for us with them. They both here over the last six weeks celebrated their birthdays, and they're in a retirement center, and I haven't even been able to go visit them. So I call them two, three times a day and check in with them. Uh, so I really appreciate my family, um, my, my two parents, Pat and Bill Spoon, uh, my sister and her husband and their two children, and then Leslie's family. So we do spend 
uh, a lot of time interacting with our family, which we really love. And then I have to admit, I'm a big sports fan, so I'm really sad right now that there's not a lot of sports on, and I'm taking that time up by doing a, a certain amount of uh, of reading. I, I'm in really enjoying reading. I've to say I'm sometimes technically challenged, so I just got my Victor stream and got on Bard here just in time mm-hmm. a few months ago, and I am really loving uh, the ability to download books and uh, and listen. Uh, it's 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 an escape for me at times right now. Awesome. Uh-huh. Tell me the best list, funniest thing that's ever happened to you at a convention. Oh my God. Craziest, funniest thing that's happened to me at a convention. Oh, well, this is, this is, <laughs> when we used to, I was on the, uh, you know, the RDC committee with Dan Dillon. Uh, we were co-chairs, and we were having the uh, ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk, and this was in 2014, and, and Brenda had passed away the previous year. And we were doing the walk at the Miracle Mile, but it's a big mall in in Vegas. We, you know, our convention was at the Riviera. The, the walk was real early in the morning, like six thirty or seven. So we took a bus uh, over in the morning for all the people participating. So we actually took a cab over ahead of the bus to get there and get the banner set up and poster board with all the sponsors and get you know get ourselves orientated before the crowd showed up for the walk. The first person with some vision kind of arrives and says, Dan, Dan Dillon and Dan Spoon, Dan and Dan, why do you all have the board for all of the convention sponsors here at the walk? Why don't you have the walk sponsor board? They had left the board in the registration office for us to go get, and they gave me directions, so I went. I, I didn't know there were two different boards, so I grabbed this board, uh, you know, had them put it on the bus to bring it over when they when they came. So when they arrived with the bus with the poster board, it was the wrong poster board. And so Dan says to me, "My God, it's the first convention for Brenda, you know, with her name on it for the first walk, and we've got the wrong poster board." Spoon, what are we going to do? What are we going to go do? And I said, well, Dan, what do you want me to do? He says, I want you to get the right poster board. And I said, it's back at the Riviera Casino Hotel. I mean, we're... (laughs) I said, all right, sir, I'll try to make it happen. So I came, I go taken off through the mall. I go down through the um, casino that's attached to the mall. I find a cab, get into the cab and say, I need you to get me back to the Riviera as fast as possible. And he's like, well, do you have cash? He's a little worried about me. I said, yes, here's, here's $40 <laughs> cash. Just get me back to the Riviera. This guy's name, Anthony, was Fresca, the driver. He's a character. So by the I'm telling him this story. So by the time Fresca and I get back to the Riviera, I've kind of warmed him up on my side. So we hop out of the cab. We run into the we run into the Riviera. We go get the security to open up the registration office because it's still like six thirty, quarter to seven in the morning. We find the poster board. We get the poster board. Run back out of the Riviera. Go into the cab. 
the poster board will not fit in the cab. You know, it, no matter which way we put it, it's just bigger than the cab. You know, it's like eight foot by four foot. So he says, we're going to have to hang it out the back. So he then takes the straps off of his backpack so we can secure the trunk down over the top of this poster board, which is hanging out about four feet. So we take off back towards the Miracle Mile. A cop pulls us over, wondering what we're doing. He says, you can't have that thing protruding for the thing. I tried, so I explained to him that, you know, we're here for a blind convention and we got the wrong. He says, okay, follow me. He has us put a red flag on the end of this poster board hanging out of the back of the cab. He drives us back to the Miracle Mile, escorts us into the mall, and me and Fresco run the poster board all the way back in, and we set it up behind Dan Dillon three minutes before he starts his presentation for the, you know, the introduction to everybody for the walk. <laughs> it's wow. So, it, it's so, it, it was the craziest thing that, so for 95% for of the people that were there, they had no idea what happened, but we were able to get back to the Riviera, work with Fresca, get it all the way back to the... Uh, to the uh, to the walk site and get it set up before we started the presentation. So that was just a, a, a crazy event, and we we kind of laugh about it now with good old Fresca in the in the poster board. <laughs> the question begs to be asked: Did you actually walk after that, or did you find a quiet spot and say, "I need to take a nap"? I did not <laughs> walk after that. I I stood there and cheered everybody else as they walked. Yeah. <laughs> I did not do the Miracle Mile. <laughs> All right. it, was, it was a classic. Yeah, yeah, so. Before I let you go, the last question I have for you, not including myself and Leslie and anyone ACB. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Who, are your three, who are your three heroes and why? Ooh, who are my three heroes? Um, the first I have to say is just my dad, who really taught me so much in life. My dad is extremely hard of hearing, got set back in school twice when he was growing up, grew up a kid in a East Tennessee, didn't even have electricity and running water till he was 12 years old, ended up getting his master's degree being a principal of the largest high school in the state of Florida, I mean, in, in Orange County here in, in Orlando, served on the school board, and just taught me so much about integrity and honesty and, and what the important values were in life. So one of my heroes is definitely my father. Second is somebody that that I really look up to is Martin Luther King and just what he was able to do for our country and the I have a dream speech is something you know I was like seven or eight years old when I heard that speech for the first time as a kid growing up and it just shows you the power of of a movement and what somebody can do if their passion and their heart is in the right place and I think a lot of the words that he was able to share with us, there's still struggles we're fighting today, 
but we've come a lot of way, a long a, a long distance. We still have a long way to go, but you know, I think we've made some really good progress. And I he he's been a he's a hero to me of what he was able to accomplish for civil rights. I don't know a third person. Let's think here. A third hero. I, I would say it's somebody I don't talk that much about, but it's um, my wife's sister Anita. Um, Um, she passed away like six years ago. But, um, again, uh, same eye disease as Leslie and I. We all met. We were kind of like the blind three mice, three musketeers, three mice <laughs> when we first met at a Foundation Fighting Blindness Convention in uh, in 1996 in Washington, D.C. And, um, you know, she used to always call me Spoon, you know. Spoon? You just kind of, you know, don't worry about everybody else. Just do it your way, you know. Do do what's right. And, you know, she just cared about people and she cared about her family. Woo. Anyway, she's a role model, just a really good hero for me. So that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry about Thank that. Thank you very much. No, it brought back some memories there, Anthony. Sorry about that. No, thank you for sharing that with us. It's 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 honest. It's beautiful, actually. Thank you. I want to thank you for coming on the program today, both personally and on the roundtable. You know, I am pulling for convention to be out of this world, and you promised to come back after Florida, but I'm going to make you promise to come back after National as well, and and we can uh, we can all celebrate together here on Sunday edition. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, well, thank you, Anthony, and we look forward to it. I think it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a, a great event, and we're look forward to, to coming back and sharing the highlights. Awesome. Have a great rest of your Sunday. I'll be right back with more of Sunday Edition after this message. Stay tuned. Greetings, prospective ACB convention attendees. I am speaking to you from my own little slice of tranquility, despite the difficult times we find ourselves in. I am on my balcony here in the Bay Area of California, enjoying some mid-morning sun. Anthony has asked me to share with you our virtual slate of convention activities for BPI. We have a good number of them this year. First, I want to note that we made a decision at BPI not to intrude on anybody's 4th of July celebration, Saturday, July 4th or Sunday, July 5th, where you are. You may not be in a shelter-in-place situation, and the lockdown on activities might be relieved or relaxed. So if you have the ability to spend time with friends and family out and about at either a fireworks display or at dinner, we would uh, rather that you partake in those activities rather than be rooted to your computer or your smartphone. So we're giving you a July 4th vacation. However, Monday, July 6th, we will begin our activities. We will be holding a discussion of dating apps and sharing their either accessibility or lack thereof. We want to hear experiences from other people, what apps have worked for them, which haven't. So the conversation will be about dating in the dark, Monday, July 6th, 
As always, we will have a few activities that deal with the mind and the body and how they work together. We will be holding a relaxed yoga workshop and your own Anthony Corona will be holding a guided meditation workshop that I'm sure he will share more about with you as time progresses. We won't be able to actually imbibe together this year at a wine tasting. However, Gabriel Lopez Cafati, our VPI president, who is a wine guru and has extraordinary knowledge about fine wine, will be sharing his expertise with all of us and offering a wine wisdom workshop. So please don't miss that. Also, if you would like advice on investing wisely for retirement, we will be holding a workshop on planning and investment practices On a more social note, BPI is celebrating a landmark this year. It'll be our 20th anniversary, and though we had intended to have our first ever luncheon and a huge anniversary bash, we will hold a happy hour, a virtual happy hour, to recognize our anniversary, and we'll hold a few virtual toasts this year. And this is all going to be in preparation for a huge bash to celebrate our 21st birthday in Phoenix next year. We'll be 21 and 21. However, we'd really love it if people would stop by virtually and um, have a few virtual drinks with us at our happy hour. We are also going to hold our annual Dare to Share Intimate Conversations in the Dark discussion. You will need to RSV for this discussion this year. We want to maintain a safe space for everybody, so there will be no drop-in ability. You'll need to register beforehand on the pre-registration form so that we know who will be present and we'll send an invitation to you. We're also extremely excited this year to be collaborating with ACB Next Generation and ACB students to hold a workshop on Google Forms. It's an exciting online way to gather information about your members, gather dues. There are all kinds of innovative things that you can do with Google Forms, and we will be discussing that. So as you can tell, we have a lot of fun, enjoyable, and educational events planned. Please sign up for them when you are looking for virtual activities to participate in on the ACB registration form. Thanks, everybody. I'm going to return to my tranquil space, and hopefully I'll be talking to many of you soon. Thank you, Leah, for those kind words and for rattling off the BPIA convention programming. And as always, thank you, everybody, for listening. Come back again next Sunday. You've been listening to Sunday Edition with Anthony on ACB Radio Mainstream. For more information, questions, comments, feedback, suggestions, etc., please email celebrationac, that's the word celebration, with the letters ac at aol.com. Look forward to hearing from you, and let's brunch again next Sunday 